Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. But as for me, I would seek God, and to God I would commit my cause. But I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to reason with God. Today I want to talk about a divine invitation. An invitation that has to do with appealing to God. God gives us many invitations. He gives us an invitation for salvation. An invitation, you know, if you're weary. An invitation if you're thirsty. An invitation to come into his personal presence. An invitation to partner with him. But God gives an invitation here where you are invited to plead your case or your cause. Think about it. Reason together. State your case. Contend about your case. Come let us reason. What I love about this, as it starts out, they got a poor case. They got a poor case. And yet, God is inviting them, you know, even with the poorness of their case, to allow him and his greatness, you know what I mean, into the problem. And he goes ahead and tells what will be the result if you will just come because he's interested in your case. I love it. Think about it. A principle. Reason, state, and contend. Contend means to have a judicial proceeding, a litigation of a valid legal case. He says in this passage of Scripture in verse 18 that your sins will not be a barrier as he will not remember them anymore as you come through the blood of Jesus Christ. So he is removing the obstacles of why you might feel like you shouldn't come or that you case is not weighty enough. He says, 
You will base your case upon my promises, upon my character, and upon my glory. Job spoke and said, I would continue my cause with God if I just could. See, what he's saying is that God wants to hear what you have to say about a matter. That is a matter that involves your life. A matter that may involve, you know what I mean, the arena or area where you live. We will discover that even the matter that involves the nations, God wants to hear from you. He sets you to state some bona fide reasons for your requests. He wants you to appeal, you know, and have an argument, an argument with reason. Isn't that what intercession is? It's to plead the terms of a covenant. It's to appeal for a verdict. It's to come and present some evidence. It's to get God to change his mind. Yes. It can be for yourself or it can be for someone that you're interceding for. Reason together, God's saying, I want a dialogue with you. Kind of modern vernacular. There may be a conflict, he says. There's some distance here. There's a situation and, and we need to come together on it. We need to start out these differences, you know, in a reasonable manner. Come let us reason. Let's get into the facts and yet appeal to God's mercy. Who <laughs> would have thought about it in your prayer life, in your petition that God wants to hear from you? Yes. He wants you to state your reasons and he'll consider them. There are seven bases on which you make this petition to the Lord by in his invitation to plead your case. One is you plead the honor and the glory of God's name. You remember Moses. Moses spoke to God about Israel. God says, Moses, I'm going to wipe this people out. And I'm going to start a new thing with you. And Moses goes, well, God, do you know what the Egyptians are going to think? 
Do you know the gossip that's going to run? Do you know the headlines that are going to hit the newspapers? They're going to say, you weren't able. You couldn't get the job done. God relents, doesn't he? Because he wants to hear from you. He's really committed a lot to us. In fact, his Psalms 23 and 3 says that when God does something, he does it for his namesake. Oh, I love it. So you plead the honor and the glory of his name. You plead with your, your relationship with God. And we will follow those. We'll see some here as we go. You'll talk about you're the creator. You're the helper. You're the redeemer. You're my father. In your case, you can also plead his wonderful attributes. God, you're a God of justice. You're compassionate and you're righteous and you're faithful. And, you know, you keep your covenant. You're merciful. You're loving kindness. And God, you're powerful. You can also plead the sorrow and the needs of people. Jeremiah 30 and 13 says, there is none to plead the cause that they might be bound up. Thou hast no healing medicine. Lamentations, Jeremiah says this in 5 and 1. Remember, O Lord, what has come upon us, Lord. Behold our reproach. Another arsenal in this petition in the courts of heaven is that you plead past answers to your to prayers. It's what's known as case law. Our Supreme Courts or our judges, if there is a case that has happened before, they will go back and refer to the verdict, you know, and what was handed down to it. Psalms 85, as the, as the writer is writing, you know, about his present situation, he says to the Lord, you have been faith, favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You did this back here, God. Do it again. Oh, Hallelujah. Past answers. 
obviously you you plead the word and the promises of God. God has spoken whether it's been the covenant word written from the book or you've had a personal word from the Lord and God has said to you, this is what I'm going to do. Time has passed. Things don't seem to line up and you come to him, Lord, I want to come and talk about this. Second Chronicles chapter 17, it says, and now, O Lord, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and his house, let it be established forever. Do as you have said. Woo! Hallelujah. Verse 26 says, and now, O Lord, you are God and have promised this goodness to your servant. One of the greatest promises I ever got from God, you know what I mean, that, that just, just kind of is an umbrella over my life. And he told me, he said, he said, I will not do it through you if I would not do it for you. So every time he's doing something through me, I say, okay, God, batter up. Not arrogantly, humbly. First John chapter four says, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he will do it. Well, if he's already told you, go ahead and ask him then. And of course you plead the blood of Jesus. In God's truth, this blood is what gives you that legal standing in the courts of heaven. Absolutely. It's the master key that unlocks the treasury of heaven. Bless his holy name. See, God is reasonable. We do not have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities or the situation. Come, he said, boldly before the throne of grace. Plead your case so you can receive. Oh, yes. It's not a call, you know, to judgment. No, it's a call to open your heart and have conversation with God so that God can do something concerning your case. You have not because you asked not. I hope you're getting this. Abraham reasoned with God over Sodom and Gomorrah. It was quite a time. From 50 to 10. Right? You Bible scholars. It says that God, or that Abraham stood before the Lord Oh, 
God might be having some intention to doing something, but you and I have some major influence in God regarding situations in which we involves us. Revolving situations in which God's own heart palpitates. I don't want to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But there is justice. But who is going to plead for mercy? He looked for a man that would stand in the gap. And it says he didn't find anybody that was bringing a case before him. And so my own arm brought it. That was Jesus Christ. And based upon all of that, of course, this gives us the right and the access. And it's based upon what he has done. That any verdicts that are of mercy and grace, you know what I mean, come because of him. Moses. Moses went ahead and reasoned with God about his own inadequacies. I can't do it, God. God didn't say, shut up, do it. I'll make up the difference. I'll be your mouthpiece. I mean, in every reason that he would come up with, God says, I'll I'll make up, I'll stand in the gap for it. You can reason with God. I love it. Moses couldn't find an excuse that God didn't have an answer for. You find that Moses and Aaron frequently interceded for the people. In Exodus 32 and Numbers chapter 14, we find here that God has, has made a decree that he's going he's gonna to get, again, these people, I'm just going to be done with them. And Moses intercedes with God and says, you know, God, come on. Let's talk about this. And Moses gets God to give a lesser sentence. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Plead in your case and come with some reason. Come with some facts. Based upon God's glory, based upon His goodness. Yes, based upon His word and His promises, based upon His attributes. Based upon the sorrow and the needs of people. 
Bring them to the Lord, he says. Then we find another reason. That is this, that your living counts. Your righteous living for God counts. Let me read for you. As Hezekiah reasons with God. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Hezekiah turns his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Lord, O Lord, I pray. You notice this humility. How I have walked. Remember now, O Lord, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Scripture goes on to say, and it happened as before Isaiah had got out into the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him saying, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. And God added, Years to his life. Oh, let me tell you. The Bible says that God hears. He hears the cry of the righteous. Reputation goes a long ways in your case. In your appealing to the Lord. How about Mary, the mother of Jesus? They're at a wedding, and they run out of wine. She tells Jesus about it, and he says, listen, it's not time for me to do this yet. But there was something in the dialogue that moved it forward. Syrophoenician woman. Let me read it if I can. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him. And she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth. In other words, she didn't really have a covenant promise. She didn't have a promise from God. A written promise at this stage, of course, you know. And she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. 
Jesus said to her, let the little children be filled first. You'd get in trouble today, wouldn't he? It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. She answered and said to him, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, because you've reasoned with me. Go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. I'm not sure how you view God. Jacob wrestled. And he hung on and said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Remember the woman with the unjust judge trying to get her case brought up. Wouldn't bring the case up. She kept filing. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. She kept filing the court. Finally, the court said, bring up her case. With Nineveh, we see the power of repentance. The power of repentance. Forty days, and you're going to be destroyed. Repentance. And God changed. While God's divine attributes don't change, when God changes his mind, it isn't because he made a mistake. He changes his mind when people repent, turn, and make a case with him. When they plead their case or their cause based upon his mercy, his promise, He's the great advocate. He's the great intercessor. Second Chronicles 7.14, the verse that we frequently use, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. That's pleading your cause. 
see, God's purposes are unchanging, but his plans are always unfolding. Someone give the Lord a praise today. Hallelujah. Yes. His purposes are unchanging, but his plans are always, they're unfolding. God places situations just for the express purpose of whether or not you will pray in his promises. Whether you or not you will employ his divine power to create a difference, to change a destiny, you know, of someone heading in the wrong direction. This is not just a textbook to be learned, but it is a book of promises to be claimed and way to pray to get answers. We must wrap it up. But you remember the potter and the clay. When God says that he changes his mind, he is telling us that God's mind is not permanently fixed concerning the affairs of men. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 18. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I fought to bring upon them. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in, the, in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good which I have said that I would benefit them. Oh, hallelujah. There is an alignment. I want to close with this this morning and encourage you to add to your prayers because the Bible says that according to Timothy you know praying always with all prayer prayers intersections and giving of thanks you know you don't have just one prayer tool Maybe a verdict has come down. Maybe a sentence, you know what I mean, has been written. You don't have to stand and do nothing. I can't guarantee what, the, the, what it will be, but he invites you to come and reason with it. Why am I doing this? And why do you think I shouldn't? Psalms 119, David appeals to God. First of all, he appeals to God's pity 
and his mercy. Consider my afflictions and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. God was sympathetic to Israel's afflictions. I have seen the oppression. You know, I know their sorrows. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. My. It's a chance to learn how to be a good lawyer. Right? Obviously, we, you know, we have Jesus Christ, the righteous, our, our advocate. And he's there to plead your case. Why don't you give him a case to plead? Somebody give the Lord. Hallelujah. Give him a case to plead. David appealed to God's power. He said, deliver me. He appealed to God's promise. And then he fortified his case by his own track record concerning God's word and his life. Consider my affliction and deliver me for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me according to his word. If you feel sometimes, you know what I mean, like almost a dead person, you can appeal. Revive me, God. He says, I do not turn from your testimonies. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. I don't know what your case is, and I don't know what, you know, your cause is. But I'm inviting you to come and reason with God. He invites us to talk to him about it. He wants to inject his greatness. He wants to inject the work of Jesus Christ into the situation. He wants to. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all men should come to repentance in the knowledge of the truth. So if you know someone that's perishing, hallelujah, bring him before the throne because it's already in the heart of God, hallelujah, to change their destiny and give them a new destiny. How long? King David with his son suffering and dying because of his own disobedience but he pleaded with God 
He stayed that case before the throne until there was no more life in the child. Hallelujah. Are you getting it? Woo! Hallelujah. If there's life, there's hope. Amen? If they're here today, there is hope. Praise the Lord. Bring that case to the master. Hallelujah. Who is longing to do something for you. Let me read in closing Isaiah 43 and 26. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The sentence may have already went down. Bring it back to the judgment seat of God again. Go with God as he's going with you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.